Hello and welcome to another episode of Gratitude Talks. On this episode today, I want to talk about the horrible murder of George Floyd in the US. I want to speak out against racism and police brutality, whilst also stressing the importance of Black Lives Matter. I would also like to put out there a disclaimer that some of the things being discussed on this episode today are going to be heavy for sure as it is a really serious topic but it needs to be actively spoken about. I'd be lying to say I wasn't nervous about recording this episode as I really wanted to say the right things and not get anything wrong because I feel as though if I did get something wrong I would be the subject to a lot of hate but I then came to the realisation that the only wrong thing to say right now would be to say absolutely nothing at all. So having said that, I want to firstly start off this episode by expressing my deepest condolences to George Floyd's family right now. If anyone isn't aware about what happened, George Floyd, an innocent black man, was murdered in broad daylight by a white police officer who was kneeling onto his neck whilst the poor man was pinned to the floor for nearly nine minutes. George Floyd couldn't breathe. He repeatedly said, I can't breathe, whilst pleading for his mother. Sadly, he passed away due to this incident caused by police brutality. Finally, after a multitude of intense protests all around the world, all former four officers who were involved with the killing of George Floyd have now been persecuted. The officer who pressed his knee into George Floyd's neck was charged with second degree murder whilst the other three officers were charged with aiding second-degree murder, and rightfully so. They were honestly just standing around watching it, watching it all unfold. None of them stepped in to stop this from happening. Do you honestly feel like these charges would have happened without the constant protests around the world? Of course not. Although I personally and strongly believe that the officer who killed George Floyd should really and truly be charged with first degree murder. This is something that I feel we must all work towards and justice must be served. As I am a person of colour from the South Asian community, I cannot wholeheartedly express this enough. I know I may not be able to ever understand completely what it feels like to be discriminated because of my skin colour as I haven't experienced it myself. And also, I haven't even experienced it within my own community, as I am deemed as a privileged, light-skinned Asian, which is a whole podcast episode on its own. I acknowledge what everyone is going through right now, and I am committed to change. And I want to speak my truth on my platform. I want everyone to know that I stand with them. Another important point to make here is that The Black Lives Matter movement isn't taking away the oppression faced by people of colour, as people of colour are still subject to prejudice. This doesn't change that. However, a very vital difference to state here is that we have, we as a community have never been subjected to the same oppression that black people have faced for so many years. We have not been enslaved in a system that has been designed to see us fail. We have a certain level of privilege and this is the privilege that we need to stand in solidarity with right now. 
all together with all our efforts put together we can be the generation that breaks this vicious cycle just for a minute think when i say this to you growing up in your school how many black teachers did you see on higher teaching positions such as deputy head or head teacher how many of your professors at university were black look around you in your workplace how many of your colleagues around you are black more so how many of your black colleagues are at higher positions if the answer to this is no this is just a very small proportion of discrimination black people face in their lives on this episode it only felt right for me to have guest speakers who truly know what it feels like to be black gilbert hour a black man who has spent a lot of his life in the u.s and has also worked on the front line as a paramedic He's going to be talking about his experiences with racism, along with what it means to be a black person. Hello, Gilbert, and welcome to Gratitude Talks. Thank you so, so much for coming on today. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Thank you so much, Jazz, for inviting me to your podcast. I think this is pretty awesome, what you're doing out there, you know, (laughs) Um, just bringing people together, you know, having this sort of uplifting conversations and just raising awareness on, on, on very pertinent issues. So I think that's pretty awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about yourself? Well, I mean, there's not very much to say. I mean, I currently work right now as, you know, as an examiner and I run a small tuition center uh, in London. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, what could I say? I mean, I was born and raised in Cameroon, but I traveled to the States and did some studies there and now am in London. Um, so that's, that's pretty much uh, just a little bit of a, mm-hmm. uh, some background on me. The States, and obviously, you know, today's episode is all about Black Lives Matter, and I thought you'd be an awesome person to speak about because you've actually lived out there. Have you ever like experienced any racial discrimination maybe whilst you're out there or in, in general anywhere? Oh, uh, wow. Where do I start? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, again, like just to give a bit of um, some background and context, just like you asked me before, I, I was born in Cameroon and that's in West Africa. You know, so just in case some of y'all don't know where that is, <laughs> um, is, you know, and, and, and studying in, in the States, uh, I, I majored in, biomedical sciences chemistry and that sort of thing so um i think for me racial discrimination um i don't think at the time where it was take when it was taking place i really understood what was happening um but you know i think it's in retrospect you know that i i look back and i and i see how serious it was so if i i could give you just maybe a few cases mm-hmm. um when I worked as a paramedic or uh, even in a care home, I had a lady um, said to me at one point, I, I don't want that nigger, you know, treating me, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think I fully understood at the time because I was just excited to be doing my job and working mm-hmm. with these white colleagues um, that they just sort of brushed it off. And, and we just sort of said, you know what, that's just another crazy patient. You know, we're just going to go on to, to the next patient and not to worry about it. Um, yeah. So for me, I think at the time, I think maybe it was just the, the adrenaline of just wanting to do my best and thinking I was coming from Africa. Maybe I, I hadn't understood the society well, but I didn't realize that these issues were 
so deep rooted into the society. Um, that's just one of the one of the instances. Um, uh, another one was um, I don't know if we have all the time for this, but I you know I really have a, a, a lot of stories. But I remember one of my professors um, said to me uh, when I was making an application for uh, a medical school to do a program, and uh, mm -hmm. they did tell me to you know sort of your mind the way I you know the way I dressed I mean I always dress uh, um, you know properly and formally anyways but I think when I got accepted into this program she had this little chat with me she was mixed race and right. um, and I think so she she had understood you know um, some of these things um, and she had seen it I think she was about 60 years old Dr. Schmidt I mean it was just at the time, I don't think I fully understood what she was saying until when I mm -hmm. went to the medical school and I had um, I had a white person because I think majority of the people that were there and the program that I got accepted were white. And I had a white person ask me a question and he said to me, how did you get here? I, I right. swear to you, I did not. I did not. Um, understand the question I just sort of assume how did I get here by car I mean coming yeah. or, or coming from from Alabama where I was living and I was living in Alabama but I traveled to Cincinnati um, mm -hmm. where the medical school was so I thought it was that sort of how did you get here um, what I didn't realize was that because I was the only black person in that lab that question was deeper than oh, when it first God. hit me mm -hmm. And I think, you know, uh, it went back to reminding me what my professor said to me about dress properly, you know, um, do these things and don't, don't be complacent. You have to understand that you, you've got to work 10 times as hard to get where you're going. Mm -hmm. So don't take any chances, you know. And I thought she just meant that medical school was going to be ridiculously hard and that sort of thing. I didn't realize that she was trying to guide me and just protect me from some of the issues which I was going to face without even realizing because I think I was so naive as mm -hmm. to what was going on around me so but there's so many stories but that's that's just a bit of it yeah no that that with within itself as well it's just not okay and for you to come from a totally different country and you know settle down by yourself and experience that all alone it's it's never okay and i guess another thing to also ask you here which i guess is also important given the, what's going on in the world right now is um police brutality have you ever i guess been stopped whilst driving or whatever it might be uh, back in the us um i mean yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's been something that has been going on. I mean, even while I was in the United States and, and even out here, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've been, I've been pulled over. Um, and I mean, I've had, I've, I've had people pull me over for, for no reason whatsoever. I, I remember one time I was, I was driving out of my, um, out of my, um, my building. And as soon as I came up to the road, I had a police officer just sort of follow me. No. And, and uh, um, but I, I just thought, you know what, they, they, they're just sort of doing their jobs. But I think maybe it was just a situation where I, I think as I was driving through some sort of a, I'm not sure if I was driving through like some sort of white neighborhood or whatever, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I just got pulled over. And, mm -hmm. and they just, again, it was this, I, I must say I was really very naive about a lot of things. Uh, mm -hmm. I did not fully understand what was going on because I just thought, you know what, he's just doing his job. This is what these people do. And 
I, I just didn't realize because he asked yeah. me for my driver's license and registration. But being so scared to not even dare ask the question as to why you pulled me over was, yeah. you know, did not even cross my mind. I yeah. mean, I knew that you just didn't do that sort of thing. And, and this is a sort of part where I struggled with. But at the time, I just said, you know, I'm, I'm just driving to, I'm not even sure where I was going. I think I was going to school. And I, at the time, I was, I was in Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, in Huntsville, Alabama, and I, and I was just, you know, I was driving, I think I was driving to school or to a shop or, or wherever, but I was passing through this sort of, what, what I would say, a white neighborhood, because you just didn't find a lot of black people around that area. And yeah. he just asked for, and he went back to the car and um, brought back my, my driver's license. And I guess he figured, you know, this guy doesn't have any criminal record. And mm-hmm. he asked me what I was doing, and I had these books in the back of my car um which were my my science books my anatomy yeah. books yeah. and and all these things it was visible in the back of my car and he asked me if i was carrying any drugs or weapons or something like that and i but to be quite honest i was you know i just thought just answer the question you yeah. don't want no trouble with these people and in, in you know that's how it played out in my head but i i know some of my friends who you know they had had so many dealings with the police and some mm-hmm. of these people when they were pulled over for whatever, they had this whole little argument, like, why did you pull oh, me over? And yeah. I was thinking, I can't do that. In yeah. my case, I was thinking, I'm coming from Africa. Uh-huh. And I've just arrived here. And I'm, I'm not trying to start no trouble. My parents have paid so much money to get me out here. And yeah. I'm trying to get on the path of medical school. And I'm not trying to get into any sort of trouble on my way there. Because that is going to even, you know, like, um, uh, reduce my chances yeah. or I'm not going to be able to get in at all having any kind of dealings with the police I, I think that's what played out in my head so even when they pulled me when I was totally right I couldn't say anything because I just thought why I get into any trouble with these people just if he says mm-hmm. lay on the ground and put your head up I would do that if he says open up your car which he did I opened up the back of my car opened the front yeah. of my car and they searched and he just gave it back to me and he says, you know, um, you watch the road as you go. Because, you know, I got an eye, I can eye on you or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like I said, now when, yeah, I keep an eye on you, you know, like kind of like, cheap. you know, don't, don't, don't think you can, you can pull up any, but again, at the time it happened, I didn't, I didn't process that. I just no. didn't. Yeah. So. I think it's afterwards when you reflect back on these situations as well. And I honestly that was I can say this as well it was definitely very race driven that experience I can say because it's I remember you actually vividly telling me this story in the past as well and if it had not been for your medical books or all sorts that you had the evidence that you had in the back of the car that you are an actual student I feel like that could have taken such a wrong turn without you even showing any sort of resistance definitely I I guarantee you if I had um, the good thing is, in, in, in many ways, is that I don't drink and I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you if I had maybe some bottle or even a, mm-hmm. a cigarette or anything in that car, something could have gone really wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and I think just that fact that I didn't even do that, not to say that there's anything wrong with drinking or smoking, but I'm saying that would have just escalated whatever twisted story that they would have come up with 
Yeah. Um, yeah I, and because yeah. I had heard it from many people. And I think that's what sometimes people don't realize is that you don't know until it has actually happened to you. You can exactly. take that high horse of saying, you know what, uh, I'm doing the right things. You know, I've studied so hard to get where I am. I'm getting paid. But until you've been pulled over and you realize that you are powerless or they don't mm-hmm. care who you are. They don't care that you're a doctor. They don't care whether they have a degree or you have a family and you're a respected person in the society. At that point is when it hits you to realize this stuff is yeah. real. Yeah, you're right. And it is really real. And you know, as well, I guess this leads me to our next question where it's like, what does it even mean to be a black person? And what does it even mean to be a white person? You know, <laughs> I think that we, we, we could not, possibly unpack that um, today. I think that would just take a lifetime to, to, to even come close to touching the surface of what it means. I think I'll flip that question around and, 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 and say, if there was one word you could use to describe what it means to be black or what it means to be white, and I would say black um, would be the word I would use would be a fighter. Mm-hmm. That would be that. one word I would use. And, um, that's, and, and, and the reason I say that is because you're always going to be fighting. As a, as a black person, you know, the, the, for, for a white person, they don't have that sort of uh, option where they have had to ever campaign to gain any sort of... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Right, to, to it's, it's white privilege. Yeah. yeah, like basically, they've never. If you look at you know black and minority groups, we've always campaigned to get some kind of right, to get oh, some yeah. kind of you know um, something passed to our benefit. White people have not had to do that, and and so that my word for the white people or that one word to describe is just superiority. Uh huh. Got that. Yeah. And, and that speaks and, volumes. Yeah, you know that, and I think a lot of people who are black don't. Maybe some of them don't understand these things themselves, um, because but they just realize that they're in a fight. But they don't realize at the same time that they're in a fight. I think that that it sounds a bit weird, but that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is, you're born in a fight, and you continue yeah. to be that way throughout. So you don't actually realize you've been dumped into a fight because you're born yeah. that way. I just think you've summed that up beautifully and that's perfect because I feel with everything going on right now as well what do you think everyone can be doing right now to help or what's your advice to the world in this specific moment uh, ha, ha, yes uh, you know that's uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a uh, that's it that's a uh, I mean your questions are just brilliant you know um, we could talk forever some of these things but I think I we probably need to sipping on some orange juice somewhere and talking about it. <laughs> but um, I mean, some of my, I think first is to stop the denial. I mean, I'll just, you know, um, we, we, can you imagine a world where we embrace young black men and women and people of minority and sort of cheering them on to succeed and yeah. having the infrastructure and the resources pumped in to support businesses loans and communities and families God, yeah what a wonderful place that would be <laughs> seriously would be, i mean 
And this is, we're not trying to create heaven on earth, but we're just trying to create a sustainable society where we, we all live in it and we share. So we need to stop the denial. It's called itself. equality. It's called rights. True. True. But, you know, it's gone on for too long that where we, we first of all need to stop the denial. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, um, and I think I'll, you know, I'll point out a few things. So maybe, uh, and we also have to be very intentional. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, say, for example, is education, first of all, on both sides. Because like I said, you know, there are a lot of black people that don't understand what it means to, to really be black or just to be experiencing these things or to quantify it. So we need to be intentional about the education. Uh, you know, just imagine, you, you know, black people moving to, to sit among other white people or white people being intentional to, to move towards yes. black people, let's say, in a cafeteria and, and just trying to understand living with these people not just saying that you know you know when you speak to a white person and say you know what some of my best friends are black people that's one of the most yeah. ignorant things actually exactly. i think sometimes people say is do you know what it means to be around them or is it just when you go to the movies with them and you or you do those one you know surface things yeah um you know so we, we have to be intentional and people need to speak up i mean even to those that they love so you imagine like a white person you know hears their parents or their grandparents say something which is wrong if you ain't right it's just ain't right just tell you you've got to be able to exactly. say you know look mom that's not right we don't do that sort of thing because maybe that's how they've been indoctrinated and now they are passing that on to you but you don't know it, any different yeah. it all starts from home it really does definitely 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 starts from home so you know i, I think those are some of the things which i i, I would say you know we, we, we need to really work on we need to have like some serious conversations you know exactly. because um you have to understand that you know um we as human beings we we have in, inherent biases but then we have a lot of biases that are triggered by the society and the social media and all these exactly. other things that we are exposed to um and the world the, the way the society is sort of built you know yeah um we need to have make we, we need to start having this conversations that make people uncomfortable um but 110 percent uncomfortable they're gonna start having these you know um serious conversations and yeah and they're gonna come out of it and of course it's not just gonna be about people just having a conversation and then we don't do anything about it but yeah that's going to that's gonna go beyond that you know i've you, said you this before inventory exactly i think 20 years from now this is going to be stuff that's going to be in our history books how amazing would it feel for us to stand up and tell our children our grandchildren that we were part of this movement oh wow and we took a stand i mean i know you you also attended um quite a few of the protests that are going on in london at the moment and how has that atmosphere there been you feel the rage you feel people's anger and frustration rightfully so yeah yeah um, because just like I was talking about this, this whole thing of walking, we have to walk towards that sort of discomfort. You know, I'm not talking about just taking crazy risk, uh, but just to expand and just take inventory about your life and look at yourself as a person, either as a black or white person, and just take inventory. Who are your friends? What's your mm-hmm. social circle? What's your professional circle? Who is in the circle? You know what I'm saying? Who is missing? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, 
you know, can you be able to look at some sort of relationships which you can count on and, and, and say these are reliable relationships? Mm-hmm. Do you have any, you know, white friends in your group? Do you have the Asian people in your group? Yeah. Or, you know, because by us doing these things, you, you start to appreciate um, the, 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 the degree of struggles that these exactly. different communities might be, able to, might be facing. Uh, and I think that will open up, you know, huge conversations and, and just bring some holistic dimension to what people, you know, to, to what people may be thinking or things that would just go beyond just stereotypes. Exactly. And I think as you're right with the whole having this uncomfortable conversation with people as right now, this topic is extremely sensitive and it is extremely uncomfortable for sure. But imagine the amount of uncomfort that black people have been going through for so many years. It doesn't even equate or come near to this moment of where we are right now having these uncomfortable conversations. And it's so it's so pivotal to be having these conversations right now, especially now. I honestly really appreciate firstly for you to come on and talk about this sensitive topic and also raising awareness as we discussed this is such an important topic to be spoken about widely and I want to end this on a lighter note and I want to ask you what is something that you are grateful for today Uh, that's a deep question (laughs) But um, yeah. no, I think for me, uh, first of all, I want to just really thank you. I think this has been um, just, you know, a good conversation that we've, we've had. But like I said, we are not going to just stop at the conversation. We need mm-hmm. to be solution oriented and then we're going to take it that direction. But um, and we just continue to do things in our little circles as we move on. Um, but what I'm grateful for today, I think, breath. Um, which is why I think, you know, I think lately I've been thinking so deep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, just breath, um, just to be grateful to, to be alive. And Being able especially to on the backdrop of what has just happened. Exactly. To appreciate breath and to understand that every day or every second that you're able to take in that breath, is some is an opportunity for you to be able to do something, and and I think we can certainly head that in the in the right direction. Um, yeah, but I think what that. you've just said as well has definitely brought back you know George Floyd's final moment moments where yeah. he repeatedly says, "I can't breathe." I can't breathe. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, perfect. You've said this so wonderfully, honestly. Thank you so, 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 so much for coming on today and having this conversation with me. I really, really appreciate it. Take care. Good fun. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. My second guest on this episode is Lauren Sobers. She's a young black woman who has her own podcast, Booked and Busy, which if you haven't yet, please make sure you check it out as she helps millennials who want to follow a purpose. And honestly, her podcast is amazing. So definitely check that out. Today, she's going to discuss her personal experiences with racism and why the Black Lives Matter movement is so crucial right now. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for coming on Gratitude Talks today. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Um, It would be great if you could just tell everyone a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, that's fine. So um, my name's Lauren Sobers. I am a podcast host. I host my own podcast called The Booked and Busy Podcast. And essentially, it's about encouraging millennials, young people to 
full of a purpose and it came from a place of where I was in my placement year and I hated my job and it made me really like go into a place of um you could call it soul searching and just looking in within myself and thinking what do I actually want for my life like I'm not about to go and settle and be in a job for like 50 years doing something I hate what do I actually want for my life and so now I've become a lot more intentional about actually like following what mm-hmm. I think I should be doing with my life and it's just to encourage others to do the same and I talk a lot about mindset as well because mindset is a big foundation when it comes to following what you want to do mindset is key it's absolutely essential in anything and everything we do um obviously the topic today not only today but for the past few weeks has been the black lives matter movement which it's so important to speak about and right now there's no better time than right now and I kind of want to dig a little bit deep on your own experiences and have you ever personally experienced racism or discrimination? I think there's the more kind of under under the cover, under the duvet kind of versions of racism that like black people um, experience in their everyday life. For example, you go into a shop and you feel uncomfortable about leaving because you think mm-hmm. that you're going to get caught for shoplifting in quotation marks when you haven't done anything or when yeah the the security guard follows you around the shop or when you get stared at I remember even going on holiday last year and being stared at because like I was one of the only black people in the room and it's like they're looking at you like oh can you how how did you get here can you afford to be here kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then more personal experiences was when I was on my placement year, my third year of uni, and I was working in a company in Basingstoke for a year, and Mm -hmm. I was treated so badly um, alongside my other co-worker, who was also a black female, and I was logging complaints for a whole year. That's not the point of a placement year. You're meant to be learning, and I didn't really learn anything. I was... it was so brain numbing and then even when I spoke up about it and said, okay, could I have more work to do? Could I do more? I was ignored and they would just say things like oh when you've finished you know doing the complaints we'll give you more to do knowing full well that complaints are going to keep coming in because complaints always come in and then when I spoke up about it to um, like the student team it made things worse and I was treated even harsher than before and it made me feel like I can't even speak up about how I'm being treated in this company that really had a detrimental effect on my mental health. I yeah. was depressed for a while. I wanted to leave. I wanted to quit. I oh, spoke to my university about it and they were like trying to hold, hold in like there. I didn't even feel like I could speak to them about like the racial issue properly because they wouldn't understand because they're not black. That is never, ever, ever okay. And even hearing that it's it's just borderline sickening that someone could discriminate you based on your skin colour. And these are stories that I feel like a lot more people within the black society are talking about, especially now more than ever. Why do you think people were so afraid or chose not to speak up about these things much earlier? Because of retaliation, because... I think racists they don't like to speak about it they gaslight the situation and they act like it's not happening and Mm -hmm. the thought of us bringing it up makes them uncomfortable they'll 
react like oh what are you talking about there's no such thing for example when um Meghan Markle's been attacked in the press so many times and yes. there was an interview on um this morning with Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield and they were speaking to two um very highly educated women um on the on the matter a black woman and a, a white lady as well mm-hmm. and um they were talking about how Meghan's being treated and Philip was like he wouldn't acknowledge that the media is racist towards her for an obvious reason and it's it's just really annoying and frustrating for us to have to you know want to speak up about this situation Mm -hmm. and feel like we're being ignored for so long and it's because the whole fabric of society has been built upon this like the oppression of black people and um white supremacy of course you wouldn't want to acknowledge it if you know you know it's gonna affect you in a bad way if you've been privileged for so long and you know acknowledging that and helping other people of other races who've been oppressed if you help them you know you know it's gonna affect you why would you want to help but again that's ignorant and it's not fair that we we don't have these safe spaces to talk about these things that we feel like we're silenced that Mm -hmm. we feel that if we speak up we're going to be um targeted even further or kicked out of the workplace or um fired or, or whatever the case may be and I think that's a lot of the reason why we don't speak up about these issues it's just so sad to think that someone is going through racial discrimination but can't talk up about it because they feel like it might have a negative effect on their chances of doing well in that workplace or excelling wherever they are it's it's just sad and it's it's even more upset, upsetting to think that this has gone on for so many years so many years and I feel like the death of George Floyd was definitely the tipping point it was yeah it was done that was that was the moment where everyone was like enough is enough this can't go on any longer yeah I I feel like because especially because we've been in a lockdown for like almost two months everyone was already on edge everyone's already feeling some type of way exactly. um mental effects of you know being inside all the time you can't go wherever you want to go there's people dying left right and center governments don't know what to do no one knows what's going on and then on top of that this as well everyone was like do you know yeah we've had enough of this this can't keep happening why why are black people being killed in the hands of the people that are meant to protect everyone yeah but they're not no, protecting no. everyone clearly no, because why why are we dying for no reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. innocent lives and it's not just one we could sit here and name so many over the past so many years who have innocently been killed due to either police brutality or being discriminated due to their race the question as well is how do you think on your personal view on this like how can we change societal views what can be done to change change this generation's views on this because I feel like we've all kind of been conditioned to think a certain way definitely I think it starts with looking within yourself and looking at the thoughts you have and that takes a long time to change no one can change overnight at all and it it starts with recognizing what do I think about this certain issue why don't I speak up for it other people when they're being treated badly because if you're not if you're not talking up if you're not speaking up you're basically enabling it you're allowing mm-hmm. it to happen which is just as bad and it's looking at okay what can I do to help this situation am I gonna also speak up for this person and am I, am I gonna stand up for what's right and stand with integrity for what I think is true and what's right or am I just gonna go along with it because 
better to be silent it's easier to be silent and because it will benefit me if I'm silent and I think people just have, have to acknowledge their own prejudices first and yeah. stop being silent. I'm not really worried about our generation so much it's the generation before us that's the problem yes. I think and before that those people they are the most ignorant I would say I'd say our generation is more open to changing our mm-hmm. worldviews because of how we've grown in social media and being able to come into contact with so many different people in the world online yeah I agree and I feel like the fact that I've seen I've seen myself on my social media and I'm sure you can agree as well a multitude of people from different races from all over the world have come together whether that's to protest whether that's to educate themselves and whether that's to speak up about this situation and that's big within itself I feel like a lot of people have all of a sudden just had this massive wake-up call like where was all of this before honestly I think it's amazing that people are using their voices in so many different ways and I think this just needs to continue everyone just focus on themselves and yes. use their voice in their unique way because some people are better at protesting some people are better at using their mm-hmm. social media influence I think it's amazing that we've come this far and it's, it's been like two weeks now since yeah. this all started and it just needs to continue and um, regardless of what the media say regardless of what governments say we have a lot yeah. of power you're right you're 100 percent right and i think that's the key thing here as well to take away from that is we yes we've started this whole movement now this must not stop it i don't want it to be another case of people get very angry and then in the moment they protest and then after a little while it's all forgotten about because this is now key this is the fundamental to a massive change you're not gonna lose out because you decided to keep fighting for what's right people will respect you more and gravitate towards you more because you actually stand for something yeah and stand for your truth yeah yeah stand for something Mm -hmm. um so i think it's important that influencers companies don't just use this as a trend don't just use this as as a time to you know follow your wave and then delete this is real life and this is people's lives that we're talking about that have been mistreated for so many years I can't even tell you how many years and to take it so lightly in this moment is not going to do anything for anyone exactly what can everyone be doing to help right now do you think Um, in this moment I think people online you can you you can educate yourself Mm -hmm. um for allies you can educate yourself and look at where you can help where you can speak up for people who can't speak up because it's all good and well like black people speaking up for ourselves but they're not like it's more I think it holds more weight when white people stand up and say okay this is wrong to your your own people racist say to their own people this is wrong you know yeah um yeah and just in this thing not all white people are racist not all people who aren't black are are racist but of course yeah and to allies educate yourself is so important mm-hmm. um and then to black people who are feeling like marginalized right now or it's very heavy on you take the time out that you need self-care is very important yes. and i think it's important that we continue to build and use our power in the best way possible whatever your mm-hmm. destiny may be whether it's in the classroom or it's in the workplace whether you're meant to be a ceo use that power shine your light it's incredibly important to continue doing that. Don't take your foot off the gas. 
exactly. And I know there's a number of petitions going around right now. Make sure you're signing those petitions. Make sure you're donating. And if you can't donate as well, I think there's um, a YouTube video. Um, Lauren, do you know about that? Um, no, I haven't. I don't actually. So there's a YouTube video where there's a collection of work from black artists. And if you stream that video and you let the ads play through, all the money that's uh, made from that video on YouTube is being donated. That that as well is something you could be doing. And I feel like people also don't like I know there's people out there protesting physically on the street and that is amazing and if you can't go to protests right now just know that you're also protesting by doing these simple things such as posting on social media raising awareness educating yourself donating signing petitions or whatever it might be right now definitely I definitely agree with that like some people can't go it's not safe for them or they have vulnerable people at home not everyone can go and that's okay yeah, it, it is okay. And this topic on a whole has been very hard. Um, and I feel like the emotional effects, whether consciously or subconsciously, have been felt by everyone over the past two weeks or so. And mm-hmm. I know for myself, for sure, that I've been feeling really down, but wanting to speak up about it because it feels, it would feel, I think the only thing wrong in the situation to do would be not to speak up about it. Definitely. And, speak your truth and do what you can exactly oh thank you so much lauren i think just to summarize everything or to end this on a more positive note what is one thing that you are grateful for today um i'm grateful for growing up in a generation that isn't afraid to speak up for ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're not afraid to use our voices um and we know how to use technology and social media to get our voices heard that's what i'm grateful for I love that. Oh, thank you, Lauren, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I know a lot of us are trying our hardest to get involved and raise awareness in our own ways, whether that's going to protests, signing petitions, donating, educating ourselves, emailing or writing letters to our local MPs or the government. And if you're one of those people who are constantly posting about the Black Lives Matter movement, keep posting you are also a part of the protests. Just because you're not out there on the streets protesting does not mean you're not part of this fight. Keep raising awareness, keep screaming until the change is made. Imagine if we were not outraged. Do you really think that the officers for the death of George Floyd would be persecuted? Of course not. They would have faced minimum charges to none at all. The whole world is infuriated and together we have worked to bring the death of one innocent man to justice imagine if we continue imagine all the lives that we could save and the changes that we could make just because we have forcefully gained justice for george floyd doesn't mean that this fight is over i want you all to say their names with me philando castile sandra bland omad obrey george floyd traven martin natasha mckenna oscar grant imagine This isn't even the tiniest fraction of black people killed due to police brutality. It really has only just begun. Let's not let this die out. 20 years from now, the Black Lives Matter movement will be in the history books. 20 years from now, you will have the chance to tell your children and your grandchildren that you were a part of that history, that you stood up for people. You can tell them that you were on the side of history that made a change. I truly believe in the fact that 
Today you're helping someone else, standing up for an entire race. Tomorrow they will help you when you need. And just like that, everyone will stand for each other one day. Let's just please bring that one day closer. I'm going to end this episode by sharing something that I am grateful for today. I am grateful for seeing different communities and the world come together as one during this tough time and seeing people wake up to this discrimination that has been going on for years and years and not stopping until justice is served. We all got you. Black Lives Matter have always mattered today, tomorrow and forever. I would like to say a massive thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed this episode, or as a matter of fact, any of my other episodes, please leave me a Apple podcast review. I would really appreciate it. I'm sending lots of love and positivity your way. Stay tuned for another episode of Gratitude Talks. Thank you.